Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well today we are going to be talking about pelvic floor issues. This is a conversation that is often brought up in our selfie group, um, anything from incontinence to um, just vaginal issues with the pelvic pelvic floor. And so we're going to be chatting with a physical therapist who's done a lot of work on this issue, Ingrid Harm Hernandez, and she is going to be bringing some light to these issues for us. BJ and I are also going to be talking about how do you find a good therapist? We have talked about the difficulties of this, but we want to try to give some good practical advice. But first, I am here with Rue. Hey, Rue. Hey, I am so excited for this conversation with BJ because I feel like finding a good therapist, it's like buying the perfect pair of jeans, right? You have to, sometimes you have to try a few on. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. I am too. It is, it is difficult. I think it is more difficult than most people think. I have link, I have likened it to like finding a boyfriend, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. If for you sure. You really have to be picky. Well, how's your self-care going? It's okay. I think one of the things that has been plaguing me this week, and I mean, it does in general, but it's been really heightened this week, is getting into indecision spirals. And we have Mm. talked about, you know, kind of um, finding ways to automate things, which I do find very helpful. But there are just those times when I can't really get out of like needing to make a decision. 
Um, you know, like I don't have something automated. This week, it revolved around finding an orthodontist and then like seeing a different, a couple different consults and then like not knowing what to do or who to go with. So then doing nothing. And then um, I really struggle with indecision spirals around vacations. And so we're trying to like uh. put some travel in place, you know, for the next year um, because flights are on sale right now. Right. You know, because of the pandemic. So it's like looking forward, it's like, oh, hey, well, then if I can buy, you know, a trip for us for the holidays now, then hopefully we will feel good to travel then. And then just like I can spend an obscene amount of time looking at flights, looking at potential days and this flight out of this airport and then looking for Airbnbs and trying to find the perfect one. Like I can spend like an entire week full time jobs worth of time on a vacation. And it's like, I don't like this. Like I'm Yeah, that's a time suck. It's total time suck. And I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, if I think that like, if I find the perfect place, then I've succeeded. Or, you know, I think a little bit of it's like being Myers early too, like wanting to find the cheapest deal and the best deal. Am I getting the best deal? Um, but I mean, it, it really does get absurd, absurd. And then a weekend, I haven't booked anything. I'm right. still looking. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is that, you know, when we are going to invest in a vacation, we mm -hmm. want to make the most of it. Like we're spending all yes. of this money to have this wonderful time, this like leisure time. And yeah. if it's, you know, if something screws it up, then it feels like we've failed somehow, yes. right? Like we failed to leisure well. Yeah. Um, but I bet that's why like those JetBlue package vacations or whatever are so popular because then you don't have to think about it. Oh, I didn't is, even know that that was a thing. Yeah. So I think so actually, it's funny that you say this because, you know, I enjoy uh, messing with stocks now and again. And I purchased, um, you know, a as we're going through this pandemic, I ended up buying some stocks in these, you know, companies that once the pandemic is over, I imagine they're going to shoot up. So yeah. for example, airlines, right? Oh, uh, yeah. But I know JetBlue had this like, so if you want to go on a vacation, you can go on JetBlue. And I'm sure there's plenty of others. And, you know, this is why, like, travel agents exist, too. But you can say, okay, we're going to go to this spot, and they'll, you know, package it up, you know, a flight for whatever, 10 or 5 or 2 to the Bahamas staying at this hotel for XYZ. So it's not everything. It's not like an all-inclusive cruise. But right. it's – it's the it's the flight and hotel. And then you could someone like you who loves to, you know, have an agenda for the day could plan out the day to day when if you don't have to worry about the flights and the oh, lodging. Got it. Yes, yes. Yeah, see, I feel like I wouldn't do that because I would just feel like, no, I could find a better deal. <laughs> right, right. But then you have to think about the opportunity cost, right? Like how much is your time worth if you're spending 40 hours? Like that's Apparently a week of my time is worth nothing to me based on my own behavior. <laughs> Yes. No, I, I get that too. I, I struggle with that as well because sometimes I'll go, okay, this Airbnb is nice, but yeah. this Airbnb has a convection oven and yes. I'm sure I'll need that, right? Oh, totally. And then I start mapping them out, like which one's closer, which one has a bigger community pool, which like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you there. What about you? How's your self-care going this week? Um, you know, I'm still deep into this project and I am feeling, I feel like the first two weeks of like a big project, you, adrenaline is kind of pulling you through mm -hmm. and I'm starting to go, like I start, I'm starting to feel like things are messy where, mm. um, okay, this is super embarrassing and I'm just going to say this to you. I was away and I came back home and I walked into my home office and I looked at my desk and there is a cup on my desk with just a little bit of tea still in it but now like covered with the furriest mold because i just left it pretty on my though desk. like is it kind of artistic uh, yeah i mean i could like zoom in and take a photo of it and maybe frame <laughs> it and just remind myself of how far i've uh spiraled um so I like things when things are organized and neat yeah. and clean, but when you're doing a crazy project or when something changes, you can't have that. So there's this yeah, element of – you don't of, have that in-between time to keep upkeep. 
Right. You know what? I miss puttering. I want to putter. Uh-huh. I want to putter. But I also don't want to clean while I'm puttering. I want someone else to clean and I want to putter. Yeah. You know no. what I mean? Cleaning and puttering um, are not the same thing always. So I think generally speaking, you know, I try to make good financial decisions, but I think I'm at the point where I just need to hire some help mm-hmm. while I'm going through this project. And it's yeah. it would be limited. It's like a limited amount of time, but I can only do so many things and I want to make sure that I am – you know, focusing on the stuff that's important, right? So I think I might try to find a little bit of hired help just for yeah. the next bit. Like, you absolutely can you, can you hire just a laundry fairy, just someone to come help with laundry? I wonder if that's possible. I think you could. I don't know because, why you couldn't. Well, there are places where you can like go take your laundry and they do the yeah. they, they wash and dry. But I don't need that. I need someone to fold and put away. Um, same. No, that's like I can move things between two machines. I need yeah, someone absolutely. to put it away in my house. I can do yeah. that all day long. But same. then it's like, oh, folding, hanging. <sighs> that's the struggle. So if there is, yeah, I need to find one of those. And then I need to find one of those that won't be judgmental when they see, like, the chair with the pile of clothing on it. You know oh, what I mean? I'm sure they've seen it all. I, I, I know. I find just... someone. I did have a, a housekeeper for a while who did do our laundry. Like, how often was this person coming? She came once a week. Mm-hmm. And what I would usually do is I would start it. And a lot of times I even ran the loads and then I just laid them out and then she'd put them away. Yeah, that's nice. That sounds helpful. I would – I think in a perfect world, I would have someone come like, I don't know, two hours a day, three days a week. And yeah. I know that sounds like a lot and I, I feel like a princess saying that. But I think that's what I need in order to get over this hump. Here's the thing though. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I always feel like an entitled asshole when I talk about having help too. But listen – if you are working full-time and your partner is working full-time, someone does have to do the housework. And it is okay right. to, to say, you know, I've got to outsource this because we're both working full-time. Like, we shouldn't feel – I mean, and if you have the money to do it and you don't work full-time, that's fine. But it's like, I don't know that it's the most entitled thing um, when two people work and you decide that, like, from the top of those two incomes, you're going to replace – what would have been done if one person was staying home. Right. And so he's so he's working, but then I'm away. So he's also doing the bulk of the parenting and like all of the cooking. Yeah. And so it feels unfair, you know, and then I come home and I'm trying to do the cleaning, but it's not and I'm I'm not gone for a week at a time, but sometimes I'm gone for three days and then I come home yeah. and then I'm gone again. And so I yeah, I would like to do something if only for our sanity. Totally. But at the same time, then you're like, oh man, this is a lot of money. So I know. I, you know, it's that it's that place where you're I don't know, it's like my uh it's like I'm planning a vacation. I yes. Guess. Exactly. <laughs> How much is your time worth, Rue? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh well, what do you have for two thumbs up this week? Okay, so in my um, quest that I discussed a few weeks ago to basically make everything in my house uniform and the same, mm-hmm. I had thrown away all of my mismatched mugs and bought all matching mugs. And then the next thing to do that with was my dish towels. I had, I did not have one single matching set of dish towels. I don't know where they've all come from, but they all didn't match each other. And some of my dish towels, like, I think maybe I got them with my wedding registry. Like, I don't even know, you know, the colors. Like, how did this even come into my home? So I just threw all of them away. And then I bought these kitchen flower sack dish towels from Amazon. And they're like a linen, like a linen fabric. Mm. They're they're thin, but they're absorbent. absorbent. But what I like about having all of them white um, in addition to them looking pretty in a drawer, as uh, you can bleach them, right? So right. when you get the inevitable stain, which you will, you just bleach them. Um, but I got a big pack of them and I am trying to use them more and use paper towels less. So just like, you know, when you have a spill on the counter or you're just wiping things down, like just use one of those, throw it in the hamper, bleach it and bring it back out. But anyway, I really, really like these dish towels. i I, as I, these words are coming out of my mouth, I feel really old mm. that I'm very excited about dish towels, but they're really awesome. Sometimes it is the small things. <laughs> Although I really, I really want to know, does having matching dish towels make you better at dishes? Well, no. 
Here's, I mean, because you 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 have them in a drawer too, right? Like they're not even on display. They're in a drawer. I don't ever use my dish towels for drying dishes ever. Actually, like we, I always use the dishwasher, and it has like a drying thing on it. So I I feel like I'm usually using dish towels for like cleaning crap off the counters. Got it. Well, yeah. I, I will say that, you know, generally speaking, I like to be eco-friendly, but with the pandemic, you know, and the CDC was recommending using, I don't know, paper napkins or tissues or whatever, yeah. like disposable things more. I'm still in that mode. Are um, you? Yeah, where I'm, you know, I'm probably using more paper towels than I should be, but um, I'll make up for it next year or yeah, whatever. No, so I am too. Yeah, I am too. I'm in that place as well. It's funny. I did hoard... At the beginning, I didn't hoard, but I like added to my Amazon um, subscribe and save Clorox wipes. And so yes. I've been getting like three a month, but I've actually not used them just because I I feel like they were so valuable at first. And so I'm always like, nobody used the Clorox wipes, like never use them. So now I have <laughs> tons of Clorox wipes. I'm like, what do I think I'm going to do with these? Like, what am I saving these for? I know. I know. The next pandemic. We're I in know, the pandemic. Yeah. That's happening now. Right. Right. Um, and then my second thumbs up is, I don't know, probably equally lame and equally making me feel old. But I had talked before about how I measured my oven and I bought oven sheets <laughs> that fit perfectly in my oven because I have a million people that live with me and I need mm-hmm. the biggest oven sheet possible for like roasted veggies and stuff like that. Right. So I found parchment paper that fits exactly as well. So it fits my giant trays. Um, it's 16 by 24 inches, but there are these big giant pieces of parchment paper. And then when I'm roasting my veggies, I don't have anything to clean up. I just throw the piece of parchment paper away. That is very smart. I feel I like that it. is that is the that is peak work smarter, not harder. Yes. So I, I applaud that. Thank you. What do you have? Um, I have so okay, so this, you know, this space I'm in right now is a little bit stressful just with work and, and this and that. Um, but at this for this project, I am afforded a little bit of um, latitude and how I can use, you know, one room here or one room there. And so uh, because this this current project is stressful, I got one of those standing punching bags. Ooh. And someone at work like put it together for me and filled it with water. And it's not one of those huge ones. It's just like it's like a Bozo the Clown, but an actual mm-hmm. like little bag. And I have gloves and when I need a break, I'll go there and I'll just hit it and it is so cathartic, Kristen. I love it so much. There is something about punching the uh-huh. you know whatever word I can't say out of this little bag. And then I just go back in and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do the next thing. And it's, it's, I recommend it. And then once this project's over, I'm going to drag it home and maybe it'll sit in my office. I mean, I'm like looking at this thinking like, should I buy this for my boys? Like, here's the fun part. You punch it and it's like a, a pendulum. So then it, you, you there, it's called a slip where you like slip to the side. So mm-hmm, you avoid yeah. getting hit. And I think that's the fun part too, is that you're not just punching it. You kind of have to dodge as well or hit it again. Otherwise oh. you get nailed in the face. I think your boys would like it. Okay. Uh, now, I think they'll like it, but I'm also worried that they're going to punch it and it's just going to like knock into everything in the room. Well, it's – um you have to – so my base is filled with water, but mm-hmm. you could do sand too. So as long as the base is heavy right. enough and you've got a, a nice little um, radius around it, then I think you're good to go. Okay. That's really fun. And then the other thing I have, um, which is I'm also using at work and in my day, I sometimes keep a little stone in my pocket. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's like just I like having a little tangible thing, but there are these worry stones. So it's, you know, like a crystal, like a tiger's eye or whatever, mm-hmm. but it has an indentation for the thumb. And oh. I feel like it's an adult version of a, a fidget spinner. And so I like to keep it in my pocket. And yeah. then what I think is nice if that people, if when people are at work are, you know, antsy also, they're cute to just like say, here, take a worry stone. Totally. Because they're, you know, it's a nice thing to distribute. So. Oh, I like that. I'm going to yeah. buy those for my kids. Because yeah, I, I just keep, feel like that's a nice, like, while you're in digital school, like, right. hold that in your hand. Well, I'll, or I'll, like, even if I'm speaking somewhere and I'm talking Heck to yeah. someone, I'm having a rough conversation, I'll just have it in my hand and I'm just rubbing my little worry stone. Um, and I'm probably rubbing the thumbprints off my thumb, which is great in case one day I commit a crime. Um, oh, yeah. But, I, yes, I like this and I think you should get them too. I love it. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break to talk about a sponsor, and then we'll be back to talk about pelvic floor issues. 
We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So With two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, so you get a slicky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white pastel neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. We want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. In our Facebook community group, we talk a lot about eye creams. And Rue and I got the Total Eye Lift from our sponsor Clarence recently, and it is fantastic. It's a plant-based formula. It's fueled by ingredients of 94% natural origin. It has a combo of organic herangana extract and cassie flower wax, which gives a visible lifting and wrinkle smoothing effect. And it's packaged in a really nice eco-friendly airless bottle made of recycled glass. 
I'm a sucker for packaging, and this one is a good one. What I also really like about it is that it's an all-in-one. It does it all. It works on crow's feet, dark circles, and puffiness. It's also an anti-aging cream. You can take aim at a whole bunch of issues at once. I also have really sensitive eyes. I've talked about that before, and this one is suitable for all kinds of skin types, including us sensitive folks, even people who wear contacts. 80% of women who've tried it reported a visible eye lift in 60 seconds, and 86% noticed a visible difference in four weeks and visibly firmer skin. I can attest, I've really noticed a difference as well. Discover more about Clarence products at clarensusa.com and get 10% off your purchase of Total Eye Lift with the code SELFIE10. That's clarensusa.com, C-L-A-R-I-N-S-U-S-A.com and get 10% off of the Total Eye Lift with the code SELFIE10. Today we're going to be talking about pelvic floor issues. We are going to be chatting with Duke Health physical therapist Ingrid Harm Hernandez. She's been working with pelvic floor issues for many years. Thank you so much for joining us. So my first question right out of the gate is, I'm curious to hear your journey that led you into specializing in pelvic floor issues. Yeah, um, that's a great start. Um, it's actually been quite a long journey because when I started as a physical therapist, there really was no such thing as pelvic health that was commonly known. Um, so when I was in, in a private practice setting, I had pregnant ladies just kind of say in, you know, very quiet tones, you know, I'm leaking. What do I do about this? Mm-hmm. And I will, I will date myself a little bit to say that there was no internet around to look things up and I had a to the library and I had to try to research in our organization if there was anything. And I did find this thing called incontinence. Um, and interestingly enough, it's more common than people think, but, um, you know, people who don't really know where to go uh, to get help. And especially back then, years ago, there really wasn't much available. Um, but over the years, that has gotten better. Um, I've taken many courses. I've given many courses um, and learned an awful lot from both that and my patients on how to treat incontinence and far more uh, issues, everything from pelvic pain to prolapse issues, fecal incontinence um, for men as well. Um, constipation. So it's grown tremendously over the years and it's just been awesome to see the changes and to have residents as PTs come in and learn. Um, it's been an, an awesome journey of, of learning and seeing how much you can help folks where they think there is absolutely no help for them um, out there. Yeah, I definitely feel like this has been an issue that I've seen growing in terms of discourse um, over the last couple of decades. So just for those kind of uninitiated, what do we mean when we say the pelvic floor? Sure. So the pelvic floor is um, basically the musculature and the fascia of the bottom of our pelvis. So what that means is if you kind of think of the musculature at the bottom of the pelvis being a bowl or a sling, these muscles and the fascia holds our body up. So no matter whether we cough or we sneeze or we have constipation or we're pregnant, have deliveries, that pelvic floor is responsible for so many functions. It's got a sexual function. It has a supportive function. It has what we call a sphincteric function, which basically just means your bowel and your bladder control. And it is part of our core, our true core. And mm-hmm. there's a lot, that's a whole story unto itself, right? Where the core has a, a very, um, there's a big misconception of what the core really is. And our pelvic floor is actually the most important part of our core. I did not know that. Yeah, most people don't. Yeah, they don't realize that, that, you know, they think of their rectus abdominis and the washboard look as the core. And really the rectus abdominis is just part of our abdominals, um, where our transverse abdominis, which goes across our belly, is what is super important in supporting our back and supporting our pelvic floor. And then the diaphragm is the roof. Uh, You know, when I explain to my patients, basically, and you'll see in the book, um, The Musculoskeletal Mystery, we talk a little bit about the core. And I'll give you a little uh, insight. What I have in the book is that I like people to think of their core as their house, 
and their pelvic floor is the foundation of their house and the mm. abdominals are the front of their house and yeah. the diaphragm's the roof of the house, right? And the back and bus- buttock musculature is the back of their house. And if you pull the foundation out from your house, you can imagine you're going to have some problems with your entire house. Absolutely. Well, I know incontinence is one of the, you know, maybe more known issues that comes along with pelvic floor issues. What are some others that maybe women are, aren't as ready to recognize, but that you see a lot in your practice? Sure. So urinary incontinence, yes, definitely. Fecal incontinence is kind of one of those things that people want to talk even less about. They're so embarrassed. They think they're the only people uh, on the face of the earth that have this problem. And, and actually, it's a lot more common. So those are two as far as incontinence are concerned. Then there's prolapse. And what prolapse mean is basically, it's where one of your organs, whether it's your uterus or your bladder or rectum, start to protrude out in towards the vaginal canal. And it causes like a bubble-like or a pressure feeling at the vaginal opening. It has it has many degrees. Um, it's not something that you're going to die from, so to speak, but it can be very, very uncomfortable and it can be scary yeah. um, because women often, when they feel it, they're like, what is that? Is that cancer? Um, so I always advise my women to make sure that they're getting that medical care to make sure nothing else is going on, but we can do amazing things to help them with prolapse. Um, and then you have pelvic pain, which is a very, very large category. We have a lot of folks talking about that. Oh, yeah. And it goes from there, you know, basically from our diaphragm all the way down to our knees, quite honestly. Um, but it's centered in the pelvic area and it can include endometriosis, pain with intercourse. That's another scary, scary topic for Mm -hmm. women. Um, It can include just generalized pain in the pelvic area. Um, So there are a lot of characteristics. Uh, categories within pelvic pain that we can absolutely treat and really help women with and men too. So if a if a woman is experiencing some of these issues, you know, for example, they're experiencing sexual pain, or they're, you know, they're feeling some pressure, um, or they're having incontinence issues, where's the first step? Where, you know, where's the first step to get help? Because I know a lot of people, they don't even want to talk about it, much less, you know, go, go seek help for it. And then it seems like a mystery where you go. Yeah, yeah. So the it, it, that's exactly the big problem that it is a mystery. But I would say um, sometimes it's as easy as going to your primary care. Um, if it's fairly simplistic and it is just a little bit of incontinence that's developed or um, a slight prolapse, oftentimes uh, the, the family uh, medicine physician can refer you to physical therapy. If it's more than that, or you feel like it's a more serious issue, there are urogynecologists, urologists, OBGYNs, they can help with the bigger picture of issues um, that then will work in in concert with the physical therapist to get your symptoms better. Um, so again, in, in the book, I talk a lot about how do you get that team together? Because as a physical therapist, I'm one part of a very important big team that takes care of you. And sometimes that includes psychology, you know, sometimes because mental health is a big, big issue within our world as well. Right. You know, we can't, we can't separate the pelvic floor from our, from, uh, from our brain. It's all integrated. Right. Um, sometimes there's a massage therapist. Sometimes there's acupuncture. I mean, I could go on and on. And that's the great thing about the book is it really explain what each practitioner's role is mm-hmm. and how that connects with your pelvic floor issues. Now, talk to me about physical therapy and pelvic, flo- pelvic floor, because I know a lot of people might feel confused about that. Like, what does that look like? Are you touching my vagina? You know, um, how, how does physical therapy work for pelvic floor issues? Yeah, yeah. So that's a big unknown uh, for folks because they just think of physical therapy as getting someone to walk or move yeah. their limb. Um, yeah, so uh, pelvic floor physical therapists are very specialized. We go through a lot of training that's above and beyond um, what you normally get with physical therapy. They're, like I mentioned before, our residency program where they spend a year just becoming very, very um, adept at treating pelvic issues. Um, So a physical therapist who specializes in this area knows how to assess the pelvic floor specifically. So the musculoskeletal system is huge in the pelvic region, but we really don't think of our pelvis as having 
lots of muscles. We think of it as, yeah, there are organs there and our hormones have an influence on that, but not the muscles. And that's why I started with the core and explaining that a little bit more in depth, because we really have to understand that the muscles have such an impact on those symptoms. So a therapist may assess internally, vaginally, but looking at muscles. So no speculum, you know, no stirrups. We make it as easy <laughs> as we possibly can, right? Um, it's, it's a kind of anxious moment for a lot of our patients yeah. anyway. So I do a lot of talking um, first, a lot of explaining um, a lot of education. Then we'll do that assessment. And then if we find that we need to assess the rest of the core, we'll absolutely assess that. And then we take it from there and say, well, now we need to spe- set up a very, very specific program based on that assessment, based on what we find, and then say, okay, we may need to do these exercises or behavioral changes, diet changes, even um, treatment for how do we calm our system down? How do we do mm-hmm. simplistic things like diaphragmatic breathing. So it's an extremely comprehensive program that really covers all that territory and more that I just explained. I'm curious if you find that women are referred to pelvic floor physical therapy as much as they should be, or if this is an issue that women kind of have to advocate for. Oh, it's absolutely not referred to Yeah, I, that was and, my hunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are spot on. Um, really, uh, we are trying so hard to get the word out that, you know, we can be of such benefit to these patients. Um, and women do need to be, and men advocate for what their, they feel their symptoms are and really say to the physician, you know, I heard about this. I read about this. I really think I'm, I'm having these issues. Can you send me to physical therapy? I mean, sometimes it has to get down to that. Um, the physicians I work with, I am very, very, very fortunate. They really understand and they refer easily. But the more you get to a rural area, further out from the cities, the harder it is to get that you know, that referral or that known entity um, for physical therapy. So we're still working so hard. And, and I actually educate much more to physicians and nurses and PAs now than I ever did. Mm-hmm. So my my focus has really been trying to get all the physicians and all the medical practitioners to understand, you know, what do I do and how can I help their patients? Well, I mean, it, so- it seems like there are so many women's issues that, you know, don't get prioritized or aren't seen as like, as you said, like you're not going to die from incontinence or right. a prolapse. Um, and so I just feel like there's less research, there's less advocacy. Um, I think women's health issues tend to be minimized. Yeah, um, I think because we're kind of taught to live with what we have. So if you think of it, it's like, well, you get older, you should be leaking. Well, no, you should not be leaking, (laughs) you know, and, and it's so funny that I have to kind of get adamant sometimes to say, you know, when you're pregnant, that doesn't mean that equals pain. It doesn't mean you should have pain or you should leak. When you get older, it doesn't mean you should be wearing a pad for the Mm -hmm. rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a disservice for women. You know, when I walk down the grocery aisles and I see an aisle full of incontinence products, I, I, I just, you know, I take a deep breath and try not to get angry all over again. Um, but a lot of it is just because women think that they mm-hmm. need to deal with these problems and live with them rather than try to get them better. Yeah, we just sort of normalized pain and distress in, in regards to the pelvic mm-hmm. floor, I think, unfortunately. Well, for listeners who are maybe going, oh, wow, I didn't realize I could get, you know, physical therapy for these issues. I think I would like to. How does one go about finding a good pelvic floor PT? Yeah, we have a website. The APTA, American Physical Therapy Association, has what's called a PT finder mm-hmm. um, on the website. And there's um, the, the uh, there's a subspecialty.
specialty that you can find in there. What I recommend people do is put your zip code in and put, as far as you're willing to travel, 25 mile radius, 50 mile radius, put that in. And what will come up is the majority of um, pelvic floor physical therapists that specialize um, in the area they're looking for. So they can use that as a resource. Hopefully also the physician they go to or the PA or nurse will have some knowledge of it as well and can recommend someone in the area. Those are usually the best ways to find a qualified practitioner. That's great. And talk a little bit more about your book and and how that could be helpful for people. Oh, absolutely. So um, I wrote the book, I I must say, I've been begged by my patients for decades to write this (laughs) book. And uh, yeah, it was was a tough haul. And and my friend, Heather Floria, was just awesome and said to me one day, "Um, just write it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Um, what you got to (laughs) do. So yeah, absolutely. Um, The reason... Uh, why I feel this would be so important for folks is it goes through the scenarios of what does the musculoskeletal mean and how does it relate to you and your diagnosis or what you think your issue may be? Mm-hmm. And then how do you find all those practitioners? Um, so you form that team that I was talking about before. It will also explain what an assessment means to a patient mm-hmm. and what treatment means. So when you read through the book, you don't have to have such fear of what in the world are they going to do <laughs> when yeah. I get to that physical therapy session, right? That's so helpful. Yeah, yeah. And then there are a few stories in there of some things that have happened over the years that I think patients can relate to an understanding of a physical therapist working with you as a team member, not necessarily the person that tells you what to do. They're going to try to figure out what will help you in your life um, as you as an individual rather than just you're a patient as a big category. Um, So that's in there a little bit too. And a few self-help techniques of how can I start myself going in the right direction before I even get help to hopefully get people, you know, really get that ball moving before um, they enter into that world of kind of, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Where can people find the book? Well, we are in the midst of getting it published. So I am hoping that it will be soon, um, that we'll have it out there. So I'm very excited. Um, it was a rapid, rapid uh, growth and rapid writing, but uh, we are looking forward to getting it out in the next month or so. And where can people in the meantime, where can they follow you online? I actually, um, I'm at Duke uh, University. So um, I, you know, I have information there regarding what I do and how I treat. Um, and I have a LinkedIn page, which is a little bit quiet in the moment until the book gets published. Mm-hmm. In, and then I have a feeling it will explode a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I have a feeling it will. Well, we will link up to, um, to your Duke site and your LinkedIn page in our show notes. I am so appreciative of you taking the time to help us be more informed on this because I think as you know, as you said, it's just it's not well understood. And so I hope that this is helpful for people. I again, thank you so much. Oh, I thank you so much. This is what is so needed out there. And I thank you for giving me the ability to explain things and get people to understand that these are common issues and they're issues that can be taken care of. And I hope that gives them a little bit of hope that things will work out well for them and they can get help for those things. Absolutely. Hope is so important. All right, we are ready to chat with BJ Hickman, our resident therapist, and we are going to answer a question that has been asked many times in the Facebook community, which is, you've decided you want some therapy, you know, you've kind of overcome the hurdles and the resistance to doing that. How do you find a good person? How do you know who is the right therapist? I love this topic because I'm a little bit of a matchmaker (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to this. I'm going to tell you flat out the best way to find a therapist is find someone who's going to therapy, who loves their therapist, um, and who feels comfortable with you seeing their therapist. That's an issue as well. The best referral for a therapist is one you get from somebody who knows that person. Um, I'm going to say something somewhat controversial, but it's true. Not every therapist is has done their own work. Not every therapist is really healthy. And we 
certainly all therapists are human and, um, but also people are drawn to the field sometimes because they've gotten help, um, or because they, well, the, the truth is, I know from personal experience, there are some people that slip through the cracks. There are some narcissistic therapists. There are some um, borderline therapists. There are people that oh, yeah. are highly intelligent that find their way into the field. Sure. And so you can't just look them up and look at their website. And if their website's pretty, mm-hmm. make a decision about someone. Well, um, what if the fonts are really good? Oh, uh, Yeah. I'll tell you, <laughs> aesthetics are important to me until I'm looking for a therapist. And then yeah. I feel like the flashier their website, the less likely they are to be a Dude, really good therapist. There is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if they're selling something, I'm yes. more likely to run in the opposite direction, too. I completely agree. But the truth is, you know, I have a very dear friend who has been a therapist for 35 years, she's never had a website. Every client she's ever gotten has come through her other clients. And that's my story too. I've been yeah. in practice for six years. And I still don't have a website. Yeah. And, um, but more importantly, not all therapists are created equal from their training either. So I personally believe that we all have trauma and trauma drives everything we do. And when you see trauma as universal, you stop looking at it as some big monumental catastrophe and recognize that we all experienced loss of expectation. Anything less than nurturing in our infancy, our brains registered as trauma. So when you look at it that way and you see all the ways that trauma is a separation from ourselves, it's something that pulls us out of who we were created to be. And, as, and it kind of draws us into a story of something that happened to us or something that happened around us or a narrative that we took on or came to believe about ourselves as we were growing up. It also comes from major traumas that we've experienced as well and even physical and medical traumas. And so when you look at therapy from that perspective, I just think everyone needs to see someone that's had training in, ther- in trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that someone's going to come across my path, that that's not what they need. So the first thing I do, I have a a plethora of referral sources and referrals of referrals. Um, I can find somebody pretty much anywhere in the country. um, If they're, if you're looking for someone who's been trained in trauma and it's usually a personal referral from someone I know um, that I can get to that with. If at, if all else fails, there is a website called Psychology Today. Yeah. And people have profiles there. And I'll tell you, there's that is a really good alternative when you just don't have any resources whatsoever. I agree. I think it's a real – that would be my top recommendation too. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really like about Psychology Today for the consumer is that a lot of people have insurance. And a lot of yes. people want to be able to utilize their insurance because therapy mm-hmm. is expensive. And you can search by your insurance on Psychology Today, which is a you can really search nice by- feature. Everything, there. everything. So yep. you can filter the the who they see, yeah, and it will. Sh- and you can filter who they see, all of their specialties, yep. and all of um, the things that they're trained in. Yep. And they most therapists will choose to have their top three um, modalities or 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 issues that they address. And so if the first one is trauma then I'm going to pull that person before the person that it's in their long, long list of things Mm -hmm. that they've checked off. That's a, that's a telltale thing. If they've listed everything on the list that they can, that every issue that, that is possible is listed. Yeah. That's someone who hasn't figured out their specialty yet. Yes. I completely agree. It also tells you when they graduated and got licensed (laughs) and how long they've been in practice. Yeah, And I'm not going to send someone with really severe trauma to someone who's been in practice for less than five, six years, preferably 10 or more. Um, Another element about it is that it, it, they write their own little bio. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I can feel more about what someone is based on what they write than anything else. That's so true. Because if someone's coming from their heart and their, and you know, they kind of are describing you and what you are experiencing. You know, there's a, you know, for years and for decades, marketing has always been about 
you know, my grandfather started the company and I've been keeping it going and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's kind of the way we've always marketed is how our company came to be or how mm-hmm. I came to be a therapist or how I came to do what I do. And it's been proven in recent years that the most effective marketing comes when it focuses on the what the client is looking for. You're, if I'm the hero of my website, I'm not as likely to get business as if you are the hero of my website. If you come to my site or you come to my profile and you see yourself in the words I speak about the clients that I help, then you're going to be more drawn to that person. And so use your gut. Just read every profile. You can filter it down and look through every person in your area. Look who takes your insurance. It usually gives a a, 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 um, a fee, rent, like... Um, what am I trying to find the words for? A fee scale. So yeah. it'll say they charge from 145 to 200 or whatever. And it will say if they take a sliding scale yeah. as well as which insurances they take. So the thing I like about it is if for the person that has been wanting to go to therapy for a really long time and they've made every excuse in the world because it just feels so overwhelming and that phone feels like it weighs 500 pounds, being able to go on psychology today and, and, search and search and search and weed out all the things that you don't want and find the things that you do want and being able to do it anonymously and send an email to the person yeah. is sometimes the easiest way to get started because it is scary. It's it's intimate and it's overwhelming. And so the, that site makes it really easy for you to search for someone. If you can still get someone to say, hey, here's the profiles I found. What do you think? Or do you know any of these people? Mm-hmm. Would you recommend anyone? Then that's that's just a little bit more insurance that helps. I get that a lot. I'll get people that'll say, hey, I've found three people. Will you look at them and see if it's someone you know or what you think? Mm-hmm. And if you've got a therapist friend or you've got someone who is maybe a little further along in their emotional growth than you, then get their feedback on it because it is really personal. Lastly, the most important thing is, Every therapist will do a consultation with you. They're usually 15 minutes long. Some offer longer. Yeah. Do it and interview four or five therapists. Yes. Because what you feel with someone is what matters. If they make you feel safe, Mm -hmm. if they make you feel seen in a very quick conversation, that may be your person. And then if it doesn't work, don't be afraid to leave them. Yes. Don't I mean, you stay should almost, out of codependence. You should almost expect yes. that you might do a couple sessions with two yep. to three therapists before you land on the right one. Like, yes. I think we need to normalize that a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, we you would, really do. You would do the same finding a new hairstylist, you know, yep. like, and there's no reason if it's not working or feels uncomfortable not to move on and yep. find some that that's a better fit. And keep in mind, if if the therapist is going to be offended by anything you do, that's not your therapist. You don't want to work with someone who's easily offended because they are there to be there for you. So if you're afraid to say, hey, I didn't, I, I'm not comfortable with, with the direction you're going with this, or I don't feel like I'm being understood. I've had clients say that to me. I really, I, I feel like that, that was completely opposite of what I was trying to say. And I'll just say, oh my goodness, please. I'm I'm clearing the slate. Tell me, start over again. Because obviously I missed something here. And all that matters to me is that I understand what you're trying to say. I yeah. want you to feel understood by me. Don't be afraid to tell the therapist that. Don't be afraid to say, this isn't working. And I need to go find another therapist. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. I hope that helps. We will um, continue the conversation in our selfie Facebook group. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and in the selfie podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.